What's the best time to get married? Most people reckon spring, but for my family, we always insisted on the first trimester. You see, weddings in a hurry were a done family specialty, because for us, the nuptial calendar was more often than not dictated by neonatal deadlines. The impending arrival of the unexpected guest had a way of speeding things up. The most extreme example was when mum was given less than 24 hours to organise the wedding of one of my sisters. A guest list in the single digits, reception around our dining room table, catering by Coles, we put about as little thought into it as my sister had. But at least when that marriage dissolved after less than a year, no one felt they'd wasted time, energy or money with the build-up. My point is, with little time to prepare a wedding, there are fewer expectations and less disappointment all round. So I was surprised when I heard Judy's story and how she, with only three weeks to organise her big day, managed to squeeze in as much drama as other couples who plan for months. Welcome to my fucked up family. Judy, welcome to my fucked up family. Why does everyone laugh when I say that? I don't know, it's a bit disconcerting. I always wanted to have the most holiest family. Did you really? Yeah. Didn't quite work out that way? Not quite. Well, for, fortunately, this is not called my holy family. <laughs> So, look, thank you so much for coming and joining us today because I put a call out for some wedding stories and I have been informed of yours. So why don't we start with, take us back to the year your wedding occurred. I think it was 69. 1969. In Leeds. In Leeds. Yorkshire. Nice, nice. And... What were the circumstances around your wedding that made it so uh, special, let's say? Well, my husband's visa was out within three weeks and so we had to rush the wedding and rush to get the dress made and rush to do everything really but why within did you, three weeks. Why did you have to rush then? Because I, so he had, a, he had a visa, he was, he was Australian. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you have to rush, rush? because uh, you could have put some more foresight into it, and then you wouldn't have had to rush. Did you think I'm about that? I'm not good at foresight. Okay, it's not one of your strengths. No. <laughs> and we just travelled Europe as a group. Right. And we were pretty, you know, out, you know, dis disorientated, really. Yeah. I'd come back to my house, and there was all Australians living in my little house that I'd gotten. You hadn't, I had no roots anywhere, you know, so I was all up in the air and just thought, well, I'm going to Australia, so... But so what you decided you were going to move back to Australia, what was, what was your husband's name again? Patrick. So you decided you were going to move back to Australia with Patrick and then at the last minute you just decided, oh, we might as well get married before we go. Is that what happened? Yes, I didn't really... I wanted to be married with all my family around me. Right. And knew I'd be living overseas for the rest of my life. And I, really? You knew that? Yeah. Well, he was Australian. Yeah. And um, he didn't want to live in England. Right. 
And I really always wanted to live somewhere else other than England. It was too cold. Yeah, really, yeah. You know. And how long had you been going out with Patrick? About three years. I met when I was 17, I met him. Right. Okay, so you'd, you'd, you'd had a fair, you, you had a fairly stable relationship. So you decide to get married. Sounds like a good idea. So you've given yourself, what, three weeks to organise it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so talk us through it. I think it was just the, you know, the, the rushing, getting the dress made, and then the dress was wrong, so I got another dress made. And, and um, yeah, I just remember, you know, wanting a Victorian wedding, so I, I was a hairdresser, so I wanted to do every all the ringlets and false hair. was all drying around the house on the heated floors. And, yeah, I remember getting to bed about... 2.30 in the morning and then getting up about um, 4.30 to make everybody's breakfast, do everybody's hair, which was about seven people, and to get to the church by 11 o'clock. And I just couldn't make it. I just was so exhausted. I couldn't find my clothes um, to to wear for the wedding and I had an argument with my dad. So I was about an hour late. But... <laughs> Right, that's stretching the friendship, I think. I think everyone allows the bride. Maybe maybe 25 <laughs> minutes, I reckon, would be the maximum. Oh, I, know. I know, it was dreadful. It was this, in the end, I just didn't care whether I'd heard that the priest was going to cancel the wedding and I was just too tired. I was just like, I really don't care anymore. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Why was the priest going to cancel the wedding? Because I was an hour late, late. and they were queuing up for mass <laughs> or confession or something. And and I could tell that the photographer was getting more and more worked up and redder and redder. And I just kept saying to him, "Stop worrying, look, let go. It's not worth you know worrying about." Yeah. So there was a little bit of tension to start with. How, how many in your wedding party were there? I think there was about six bridesmaids, five or six bridesmaids. I forget now, but that's a lot. That's a lot. Mum, that's a lot of people. Mum kept rounding up. Oh, you can't forget this cousin, and you can't forget that cousin, and so I had all their dresses to make, and my little brother and my and his uncle that was the same age. Their little outfits. I had to have it all made within three weeks. You know, it was just crazy. You didn't make the outfits. You got oh, them no, made. Got right. Them made, right, yeah. right. <laughs> was were you the first daughter to get married or something? Yeah, I, it was me, myself, and two brothers. Yeah. Right. So you're the only daughter. So it was a big deal for your parents, I guess. Well, for mum, yeah, she sold her hairdressing shop just to pay for the wedding. Really. Yeah, it was like mum. She was like that. Mm. She was so beautiful. Oh, that's rather selfless, isn't it? Yeah. Well, she must have wanted. She must have wanted the big, the big shebang. Yeah. So you were late. The priest was ready to walk out on you. The photographer was getting very, very anxious about things. But you got married. You went through the ceremony. It was beautiful. A beautiful ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I was in a daze. Really. You really were? Yeah. Yeah. Through the rushing and the lack of sleep. Sleep. Right. Okay. And so what happened after the ceremony then? Well, we all made our way to um, the reception. Yeah. And uh, it was a new venue, basically. Actually, it was a, a part of it was a nightclub. The place actually where my husband had met my friend that was working as a bar girl there, and she said, oh, there's a guy that I think would suit you, and it's from that nightclub that I really met my husband right. f- through her. And um, 
but it, behind the nightclub was this beautiful venue. But as you went up, there was all these marble stairs, very steep marble stairs. And as I was coming up, the photographer was taking a photograph of me coming up the stairs. And then I saw him just collapse. So I ran up the stairs to catch him in case he fell down the stairs. And then he, 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 I'd never seen anybody die before, but he, he just died in my arms. I just caught him and he died in my arms, going black by the minute. <gasps> was he an older man? or did I mean, did he look like he had it coming to him, I guess? I, I might no, no, he just, he was a bit unhealthy. Looking. Yeah, right. You okay. know, and he was, uh, looked like he had high blood pressure. He was yeah. going redder and redder the more late I was. Oh, mm. I mean, this might seem like an insensitive question, but did, did he get any photos? Like, not of him, but before he died, did he actually take any photos? Yeah, quite did, a few. Did yeah. you keep them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a bit chilling, isn't it? Because you wouldn't really know what to do with them. You go, well, they're beautiful photos, I guess. I never thought about that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm not very sensitive. <laughs> a bit random. Because that's his last job, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Have you got it? Just, I'm sorry for this really macabre curiosity, but have you got any photos of you walking up the marble staircase? No. <gasps> that's probably it for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really that that really has got to spoil your wedding day. I mean, it sounded like it didn't get off to a great start. Not no. And then the, the other photographer turned up and was taking photographs of all the guests. And they all looked really sad and miserable. And I went, oh, why is everybody so miserable? And they said, because everybody was asking how the photographer was. And they would said he died. So everybody went, oh. you know, so all the photo. Oh, it was a nightmare of a wedding. Yeah, it was just a nightmare <laughs> from beginning to end. There was, yeah. And everybody's going, oh, that's a bad omen, and oh, you know, like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not helping much, are they? But speaking of help, did anyone rush to your aid? Like, you're standing there holding a dead photographer. I think the ambulance came up. Some people came and took over, and uh, uh, yeah, and as but I think I remember stuffing I just didn't care about the money I didn't know what to, what to do about the money I had all this money in my hand because I'd been stood at the reception what do you mean you had all this money in your head well because I was going overseas for the rest of my life people said oh we're not giving you presents but everybody gave me money oh they just handed you cash yeah yeah do you know how much you got I didn't count it but I, it was about three hundred pound, which was about six hundred dollars, and my shop sold for five hundred pounds. Yeah, right. So it was a it was a fair amount. Fair of amount. It, right. would, it would have kept us going. Yeah, yeah. And so you had this money, and and what did you do with it? And um, I had the money in my hand, and of course, with the head, with a um, wedding outfit, you've got no bag or purse or anything or pockets. So I just as. As that accident happened, uh, I just stuffed it into my bridesmaid's hands and just said, can you do something with this? It was all so much of a shock, I can't remember even who I gave it to, which bridesmaid. And so 
so the photographer collapses. You because you, you've got this great big water cache, and you haven't you haven't had the foresight to put a little pocket in your wedding frock. No. <laughs> See that would have saved you. <laughs> so you're holding onto this cache. The photographer collapses. You go to your bride to, to, to the first person who's there. Hold this. So at what point after that tumultuous day did you go? Oh, what did I do with that money? Just as I was thinking, I wonder what happened to all that money. I wonder which bridesmaid I gave it to. It'll come back to me eventually. You know, they'll think, oh, this is Judy's money. We'll send it to her. So I sort of left it up in the air. Yeah. And when it never came back, I just knew which... My auntie said which bridesmaid I'd given it to. So I knew then that, you know, she was shifting and that she'd taken it, basically. (laughs) <laughs> that's such a terrible wedding day oh it was hell the whole thing was horrible <laughs> horrible i should have yeah i shouldn't have just bothered at all i, I can't believe your bridesmaid your, your cousin yeah steals your wedding money on your wedding day yeah because she knew i'd never see her again you know she knew she yeah, I just always, well, I never trusted her as a person. I just never liked her. I loved all my cousins, but I remember thinking, she's got shifty eyes, and I didn't really ever like her. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it goes on. Well, what happened then? Well... One of my uncles was supposed to give me my going away outfit in, and he had it in his car and he forgot to give me it. So my husband, usually the, the bride and groom leaves and everybody waves them off, but no, my <coughs> husband's a party-goer. <clears throat> it was none of his friends were going to come because there was a big football match down in London. Then at last minute it was cancelled, so they all came. So there was all these extra guests that they didn't account for that we made ended up making room for. I didn't see my husband for any de- waltz, no waltz, bridal waltz, nothing, no dance, always at the bar with his mates. And I just remember thinking, well, this is different. You know, the funny wedding. We were the last to leave. Everybody was, you know, we were the last to leave. And then I said, well, where are we staying? Thinking the only thing my husband's paying for, hopefully, was the booze and the... Um, and a place to stay. There was no, none of that. Nowhere to stay. He hadn't booked anything. No. 12 <laughs> o'clock at night in my wedding dress with no going away outfit because somebody, somebody's uncle had drove off with it. And walking around the streets of Leeds thinking, where can we stay? So we just kept driving around, drove to mum's place. She had so many visitors, we couldn't bed down there. So one of the one of the guests lived miles away where we had in Ilkley where we had mum had her shop with a house, with a flat above the shop. I thought, oh well mum sold that shop, we can't go there, but there's nowhere else. We'll try there. So we slept in the back of the hairdressing shop. <laughs> on your wedding night. On my wedding night, and it snowed that night and I had no going away gear, so nothing to sleep in, no blankets, nothing. It was snowing, it was freezing. Well, it was just horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> just horrendous. 
it sounds it sounds terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, it, yeah, was terrible. yeah, it sounds terrible. I mean, poor Patrick, he only had one job. One job, really. Yeah. And just just all he had to do was book a room. Yeah. Well, you know, start as you mean to continue, I suppose. <laughs> I remember my auntie saying that, always oh, start marriages you want to continue. And I went, I had nowhere really to live except move back into my house after, the, after, the, after a few days of feeling really guilty at living in the back of this shop like hobos. Uh, I think I just cried for three days and then we moved back to the house that I originally lived in and then my husband flew back to Australia. What, without you? Yeah. But I, I had to emigrate. It took three months to emigrate. And the sh- because mum had bought another shop, no trade, we, st- we were eating, we were boiling up the food for the dog and then going, oh, well, actually, I haven't got anything for tea. <laughs> we'll eat the And the dog's lucky to us, <laughs> eating his mints that taste like boiled. Ugh. But we just used, <laughs> mum and I used to just laugh about everything. Oh, good on you. <laughs> I don't know how you could. But I'm sorry to get, I actually do find it. And with you know the passing of time, I think you are allowed to laugh at these things. Oh, yeah. But at the at the time, it must have been quite tragic. So you were married for a very long time, though, weren't you? Twenty eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. And then what happened? He wanted to travel, and he'd never travelled or done much as a kid. He was very poor as a child, and I thought, let him go. He wants to travel. He wants to have, you know do the things he should have done when he was a child or growing up. And I just wanted to look after them and wanted to be with my 17 grandchildren and yeah, you know, yeah. be around them. And, yeah. So looking back on it then, Judy, because that's quite, that's quite interesting, you know, because you do, you do talk about your relatives uh, at the wedding saying this is a bad omen. Do you look back at that now and go, yeah, it was? Or do you go, oh, no, no, it was great for what it... I think I just, I just really have... I really do think that what you go through in life actually teaches you a lot. I would have been a very judgmental, holier-than-thou type of person if I hadn't have gone what I've gone, what I've gone through. Right, OK. So it's good. Well, look, it's, you've done very well. So I think that those people who declared that it was a very bad omen got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but it did make it uh, an extremely memorable <laughs> wedding. Yes. <laughs> and I've been to a lot of weddings in my time and... No one's ever died at one I went to. And the <laughs> bride good. certainly didn't catch, have to catch him. <laughs> but anyway, Judy, listen, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and, uh, and talking about that. It's been very, very interesting. And I love your perspective on, uh, on the events and where it all led to. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of My Fucked Up Family enough to subscribe, share or like. And remember, if you have your own fucked up family story you'd like to share, contact us through our Facebook page. Until next time on My Fucked Up Family.